Hi, and welcome to podcast number three of uh, the Details Podcast. Um, I have not been very good at keeping up with uh, my promise, um, which was that I would do this um, every Sunday. So I apologize for that. I will definitely make a bigger effort, um, not just for me, but also, I mean, for everybody, for me, for you, for all of us. I said Sunday, it should be Sunday. So I apologize that that didn't get done. Um, but I'm really happy to, to um, record uh, today's podcast um, because actually I was thinking of talking about a specific topic um, and then it just happened that things kind of came up in the news that just fit that topic perfectly. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it was meant to be in the stars. So um, what I want to talk about today, and I think is really, really important and relevant, um, is just, uh, I don't know what to call it. I don't know if it's the diversity gap, the wage gap. I, I don't know. The people, you know, there's so many terms for it. And this isn't about me trying to say like, oh, you know, women's, yes, I'm all for women's equality, uh, but I'm just for anybody's equality. I think we should all be paid and you know, promote it according to our abilities and our uh, capabilities, and it should be fair. Uh, I think we're all talented. Uh, I think that, you know, if you work hard and you strive hard, you'll you'll get far. It doesn't matter if you're a woman, you're a man, if you're a person of color or not. Um, and I think it's just really important to touch that. So what happened, um, I think it was about four days ago, the mayor, uh, de Blasio, uh, signed a bill uh, that states that it's now illegal uh, for private or public companies or businesses to basically ask for the salary histories of um, any job applicant. And I remember I heard this, I think it's some kind of dinner I went to, and I was like, really, why would they do that? And they're like, oh, well, I think it's, it's, it has to do actually with them, you know, trying to close the wage gap. And I was really surprised. I was like, why? How does that help? And how does that matter? Um, like, how does that bill actually promote female wage gap. I didn't, I didn't make the connection and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll talk a little bit more about why I actually think that has absolutely no, no connection to it all. And I actually think it's to women's detriment, but I'll get to that later. Um, I started doing some research, research kind of, you know, today before the podcast, just so I, you know, had a little bit of a basis of where this all came from. And apparently not, not long ago, there was like a federal appeals court case, uh, a ruling, sorry, that basically said that, um, that stated that women, could actually be paid less if the difference is based on the fact that they earned less in their previous salaries. And apparently this kind of fits um, with some kind of labor law. I, I, you know, I just, again, I, I have a lot to say about that, and I will in a bit. Um, but what troubled me more is that uh, research has shown that um, a lot of women are actually afraid to drive, you know, to bargain hard when they negotiate for higher pay um, as they get penalized for it uh, or they're just getting, you know, they have fear of getting penalized for it. And I completely understand that um, I, I, it's hard, right? It, it is completely hard. Again, whether you're a woman or a man, whether you're a person of color or not, it is hard. Negotiating is tough um, and it puts you in an uncomfortable position where you're you know, almost like when you're kind of propositioning, you know, if you're a man trying to like hit on a girl or vice versa, you might get rejected. You might find out that, you know, they don't want to pay you what you're, what you asked for. So maybe you're not worth it or you're not worth it or not good. There's a lot of insecurities that come with it, no doubt. But I just think this bill is so off 
no real, it, it, I don't think it helps. I think what helps is, help, is, is teaching people how to negotiate better, is how to have better skills in negotiating. Uh, if we're talking about the wage gap, specifically around women, and I happen to be a woman in venture capital, so let's talk about that. How can we help women and, and you know, negotiate better to come with more confidence and, and be more convincing? And uh, it's just, I don't know, I just feel like it's such an important thing. And so what I thought about doing in this podcast is two things. One, I want to talk about, I don't know, I guess negotiating practices um, that, or negotiating uh, tactics, if you will, that I've used, um, that I've been advised to use by both men and women. Um, things that I've heard from other people as well um, and I am by no means a guru I don't think I have all the answers I've made a ton of mistakes obviously but but I think you know I've I've, I've stood in rooms I've asked for raises I've, I've negotiated terms and even though I've made mistakes yeah I think I've I've been able to get a lot of times very close to what I wanted and I and I was proud of the negotiations that I did and and I and I keep doing this forward and I don't think I'll ever stop and I and I and I believe in these tactics so I'll, I'll you know they work for me and hopefully they work for you too if you'd like to use them and the second thing I want to talk about is kind of where I think the change actually begins like I don't think it's from a bill like this to be honest and I'm not getting into politics at all I just I don't think this is this is going to make a difference or this is actually going to help um, like I said I think it's about bringing confidence information negotiation etc. So what I want to talk about is where I think this is going to change and kind of even give some life examples of what I've been through and stories that I've heard from other people as well that really just emphasize the problem that yes there is a wage gap, there is a diversity gap, there's just a huge huge problem um, that, that is occurring especially in my industry in the venture capital industry but also just startups in general um, that really affect both men and women so I'll talk about that, um, that too. So what I said, the first thing I said I'll talk about is kind of like the tactics or the practices that I, I use every time I negotiate. And the first thing, and I, again, we're talking about salary negotiations, right? Not contract or, you know, other things or term sheet negotiation. We can do that another day. First thing, obviously, is research. I cannot emphasize this enough. Research, research, like you have to. Um, you just, you have to come prepared, no matter what you do with negotiation, you need to come prepared. And what I mean about your research is if you're uh, working in a private equity fund or you're an investment banker or you work in the, in the library or you work at a coffee shop, it doesn't matter. You need to come prepared. And that means using all the resources that you have around you to basically get a, a benchmark, like a baseline of, of what you should be asking. Um, I think it's so crucial. So online, you have things like Glassdoor and LinkedIn and just general search terms. Like if you're, for example, looking to work in, I don't know, let's say you want to work in venture capital. Maybe that's not a good example. Or maybe you want to do private equity. Fine, which is, you know, people in New York, a lot of people in New York are doing private equity, right? Go online and re like literally research private equity salary analyst three years out of MBA. You will be surprised how much information there is online. Glassdoor has a lot of that information about startups, jobs, and banking jobs. A lot of this information is online. Gather that data. Offline, what you should be doing. Talk to like people that you know in HR. Reach out to recruiters. Find a headhunter. Sit with them as you're trying to do your, your, your negotiation for your next job and just ask them, what salary should I be asking? What fits in my market? What should I be getting for somebody with my, you know, with my experience? Maybe they'll say things you agree with. Maybe they'll say things that you don't. I don't think everything should be taken verbatim. But again, you're building information 
to reach that benchmark, to reach the conclusion of what makes sense for you to ask, right? Same things go with people in your industry. If you are now um, looking to work as a trader, okay, go talk to people in the space, whether they're a man or a woman, people that have been trading for years, people who've just started, senior, junior, reach out to these people and ask them. Get that benchmark. How much salary are you making? What do you think I should be making? Start collecting these numbers and this information. And then honestly, if you're friendly at work and you're in a startup, for example, or in a corporation, or you're working for a large, you know, Fortune 100 company, ask your colleagues, what are they making? If you're now, you know, managing a team of two and you have a colleague who's managing a team of two and ask them, how much are they making? They might not be telling you the truth. You know, be prepared. Not everybody's very open about these things. But again, you're gathering information to reach a benchmark for yourself, to reach a concise decision. And honestly, the outcome of all this and why I put an emphasis on this, even though it takes time and it's annoying and it's kind of like being a detective, is because this builds confidence. I, I can't like explain what it, you know, I just, I, when I went into a room and I negotiated a salary or I negotiated a raise and I would say, hey, like, you know, I can give you an example. I worked for a company um, for a, a while. I was um, managing a team and I knew that I had, a, you know, another colleague of mine who was managing less people than I did. He had a room. I did not have a room. Uh, he was making a, a higher salary than me. I know that. And I did research. I asked around in the company, but I also asked out, like I looked online. I looked at information. I looked at what people with my experience, with my background, managing a team of X amount of people, how much money I should be making. So that when I was there to negotiate, even though I asked for like, I think I've asked for like a 25% raise and my boss looked at me like I was like total nut job. But I was like, hey, sorry, that's what I should be making. I looked online, I looked this, I asked that, I know how much they're making, this is what I should be making. I had conviction, I had confidence, and it was hard for him to not, to not basically listen and not let this in. And of course his first reaction was like, girl, what you talking about, Willis? Like, hell no, you ain't getting this, this is way too high. And I was like, it's just not. It's actually legitimately not high. And I just think that, again, you're not here there to fight, you're not there to argue, but, you, but I really think that coming in with that data and that research, like, wow, it, it just, that's the confidence boost, that's the conviction, and I think it sets, you walk in the door feeling like you know what you, you should be getting, and I think that's so important when you negotiate. Um, and another thing that research does is it basically helps you understand, like, what, all the different pieces that you should be asking, and I have an example that happened to a friend of mine. She was working for, um, started working for a fund and, you know, she started talking to one of her colleagues and she realized that he got a sign-up bonus. She didn't. Now, whether she knew if she was supposed to get a sign-up bonus or not, but had she asked different questions and people that were working there or worked there before, she would have known that that was actually an option. So again, maybe all of you know that you could get, you know, your base salary, your bonus and your sign-up bonus, but some people don't know that. If you ask questions, you do research, you'll figure that out. And then you won't be kind of, kind of stuck being like, holy shit, how did I miss out on this? I should have known. So again, research, ask questions, come with that confidence and that conviction. It's key. Second thing I would say, and, and, and this goes to what I talked about earlier about the bill that they passed about not asking for your previous salary and your salary history. I think, and I've always thought this, that your last salary is basically just the catalyst to ask for a higher pay. I mean, we just talked about the research, right? Have that too. But 
I mean, I'm not saying you're supposed to ever lie about how much you made, but negotiating is always going to be, you always have to negotiate higher than what you actually expect to get. That's like the, you know, the ABC of negotiation. You go way high and the other person's going to go lower and then you somewhere meet in the middle. And you, because you've done your research, you know how low you're willing to go, right? But you always have to say high. That's your benchmark. That's your catalyst. If you made 100K, for example, you're probably going to say that you did more because you want to eventually get more. So whether you're negotiating a salary to start a job or whether you're negotiating within a company and now you want to get a higher salary, you want to basically get a raise. You can either you know, throw in a number that's higher that already includes the percentage that you want to get to, or you can already say ahead of time, like, hey, I made X plus this percentage. And even if it's not what you made before, it's still what you expect to get now. Because in the end of the day, every job you move into is supposed to boost you up. You're supposed to boost your experience. You're supposed to take everything you've learned and excel. Like, that's, I believe that's how it's supposed to be. At least that's what I've always done the people around me. Like, we always want to do more. And and, and you know make more because we're getting more responsibilities and more experience and more expertise. And don't get me wrong, it totally makes sense to get a lower salary if you're starting a new, you know, a new type of business, a new sector, something you've never done before. I am all for you know going down for the sake of going up. I've done it myself. Okay, I was a lawyer and I don't work as a lawyer anymore. And to get into venture capital, I also had to take a cut in salary because I had no idea what the hell I was doing. That's fine. That's legitimate. Totally okay. But I really, really think that what you made before should make absolutely nothing, like there should be nothing negative about that when you're starting to look for a new job. Use it as a catalyst. If you made 60K and you think that's messed up and you've done your research and you think you should be making more, then say that what you made before was 100. Again, okay, you don't want to lie. I don't think you should lie, but it, you still should be negotiating or at least say I made 60, but I expect to now make 90 or I expect to now make 105 and they ask you why. Well, the reason is because I did research and I know what's out there and I've asked around and I've come prepared and I started with 60, but now I've gotten this and this and this much experience. So there's different ways you can build your story. I'm not saying you should ever lie, but I definitely think it should be a catalyst. And by the way, most people do lie, but I'm not going to promote that because that's not what I'm about, but something to keep in mind. And the third thing that I've I've literally, I mean, I don't remember who told me this, but I think it was the smartest sentence anybody's told me. And I, I truly believe in it and I've seen it myself. You are always going to be priced according to the value of your position with the company. I'm going to say it again. You are always going to be priced according to the value of you and your position for that organization. And the reason why that's so crucial is, is if you if you have like you go for an interview and they tell you yes you're going to be the VP salesman of everything awesome within the company and then they're like offering you a really crummy salary you know that that job is actually not that important for the company you know that what they think maybe of you and your experience is not that amazing so it's okay to get up and leave if they don't give you the salary that you want always remember that I've seen this titles aside all that shit aside if they don't price you according to, you know, what you, again, to the benchmark that you find, more or less, or what you think you should be getting, you're probably not that important to the organization. Keep that in mind as you negotiate. I think it's key. I think it's important. Um, and it's something that I, I live by anywhere I go to. Okay, I talked a long time. It's been like almost 16 minutes, but I hope that was 
somewhat helpful. I don't know if anybody can comment on this, wants to comment on this. I'm happy to talk about any of this um, and share more thoughts. The second thing I said I would talk about, and then I'm going to end this, this podcast because um, I know it's been longer than the other two, um, is just give some, you know, where I think this could change. And yes, I'm coming from the perspective of a woman in VC. Um, it really is a problem. I've gone through it myself. Um, you know, I was the one that was told to get coffee and sandwiches, not my colleagues. Um, I was the one who probably got, you know, for sure got the lower salary, even though I negotiated, probably didn't do always a good job because I, you know, moved to New York and was trying to kind of find my way through. Um, there, there really is a problem. Um, there is a, there is a gap. Um, but I think where it changes is really like high up, obviously. This isn't the, the general partner, the, even the LP, the, the people that manage these corporations, like that's where it changes. And, and I want to give just two examples. Um, one that happened to me and one that happened to somebody that I know. Um, I, when I wanted to move back into venture capital after moving to New York, um, you know, I, I, I read an article that um, a GP at, at a really great New York fund, I'm not going to mention the name by any means. Again, this is a great individual. He's super smart. He's a, he's a talented guy. They've done great investments. Um, but he posted something about, you know, women should be more involved, they should be more on boards, and, you know, it was such a great article. And being the person that I am, I just reached out on LinkedIn and said, hey, I loved your article, I think it's fantastic, totally agree there should be more women in VC and on boards in general. Um, I moved to New York, this is my background, this is what I want to do, I want to work in VC, I'd love to meet you. Um, and he did respond. Um, and he said, hey, you know, there's actually like a, an event we're putting together for like entrepreneurs and whatever, you should come. I said, okay, great. And I was there, we spoke a bit. Um, but he basically told me, yeah, we, we actually just hired somebody, so we're not looking for anybody right now. Which was fine. But here's the thing. All he had to do was say, you know what, but I don't have a job for you right now, but let's meet for coffee one-on-one. -on -one give me 20 minutes, 30 minutes of your time, and, and I'll try to see how I can help. Now, he doesn't owe me anything, right? He doesn't. Of course not. And he's super busy. Of course, of course, of course, of course. But as somebody who's now been doing venture for almost two years now, in, in New York, right? I did it before uh, abroad. But I, <laughs> there's so many ways you can help. And if you have put an article out there to the world saying you believe that more women should be on board seats, you believe there should be more women in VC, then, then, then make it happen. Be a part of that change. Actively try to help. Actively meet with women who want to be in a VC or women who are in VC that want to get ahead and within a venture capital. Work with them. Help them. See how you can promote them. Otherwise, why are you posting these articles for PR? I just, I, I don't know. That, that kind of struck me as, as I think where a lot of the problem is. Like if, you're, if that's your mission and if you really believe that there is a diversity gap and there is a problem with not enough women in VC, A, I, you know, first of all, there is a growing number of women in VC, right? Like there's, there's a, we actually, I'm part of an amazing group here in New York called Women in VC, um, NYC Women in VC, sorry. And there's like over 100 women, I think, both on the investment side and portfolio. And it's run by two amazing women who are both partners at funds like it does exist and the numbers are growing and it's fantastic. But that change starts at the partner level is what I'm trying to say. Um, and another example and the last thing I'll talk about if I haven't bored you completely already um, is, you know, there was another great fund that was looking to have somebody join their team. I don't remember what the, if it was principal or associate, I don't remember. And uh, I knew somebody that was interviewing and was really great fit for the job. Um, and then, Apparently, 
you know, this person, this is, this is a guy, uh, he was told bluntly, like, hey, like, you're great, but, but we really want to hire a woman. So the catch-22 here is like, okay, great. They actually want to change the diversity gap and bring a woman. But the downside is that they basically wanted to take a woman just for the sake of taking a woman, not necessarily because she was better, not necessarily because she had better expertise. This guy was, com this guy is completely talented. He should, he should have taken the job. He should have been offered the job, but he didn't because he wasn't a woman. And honestly, I've heard that happening from a lot of different guys um, in New York. And this is not making it any better. This is not making the problem any better. This is actually, I think, just strengthening and, and, and highlighting exactly what the issue is. Women shouldn't be taken because they're women. People should be taken, you know, should be offered jobs because they're good. People should be offered jobs because they fit the criteria, because they have the talent, the expertise, and the capability to do that. There are enough talented women in New York, in the East Coast, in the US, the Valley. You know, there's so many talented women that could take these roles. Take them because they're just fucking good. Pardon my French, first time I swore, and I think till now, it may happen here and there, I apologize. That's what happens when you work with finance people. Sorry about that. But seriously, people, GPs, partners, I, I hope that they will take women for the right reasons and not just because they're women. If there's a better person for the job and that better person happens to be a man, fine. But my, I know there's enough talented women for jobs and I, I'm totally behind all these great groups here in New York that are literally trying to change this gap. Um, I forgot the name at the moment. I know that uh, Claudia, uh, I think her last name is Luzano, is doing it. She's, uh, it's called Parity Partners, I believe, and it's phenomenal. They're just trying to get women, uh, you know, in, in banking and PE and venture capital to take on new roles so that whenever a role is opened, which is usually kind of behind the scenes, a woman could be offered that job too. And I think they're doing a great job. Um, and there's more functions like that, and there's, and there's women-focused funds, and I also think that's great, but in all honesty, I don't think we should be separate. I don't think it should be women for women groups. Yes, we need to support each other and help each other, but I've also had women treat me like shit and, and be crappy to me. I, I, I want it to be equal. It should be equal. It should be men promoting women and women promoting women and women promoting men and men. Pro I mean, it should be, that's important. Sorry, I just had a call. Does that mean you guys didn't hear me right now? <laughs> okay, I don't know how that worked. Anyway, sorry about that. Okay, I'm done talking. This was really long. I appreciate you listening. I hope it was helpful. I hope it gives a little bit in insight into what interests me and what's important to me. Um, thank you. Until next time. Bye-bye.